Live from Chicago IL, this is the Bears and Beers podcast where we talk Chicago Bears and Beers. I am Walker. Joining me today is Flipka. How are you doing, Flipka? Buddy, I'm feeling good. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Bears, Packers, Sunday Night Football. You know, it's been uh, it's been a rough season so far for the Bears on, on national TV, but uh, hoping that the magic of uh, Mitch Trubisky comes comes to play tonight. What do you think about that? Always the uh, eternal optimist for my Bears. You know, I'm looking at this as a coming off a bye week with some time to prepare, some time to do some self-scouting, and you get Mitch Trubisky back there with a new hunger, with a new, hopefully a a new attitude, and um, I'm looking at the Bears turning it around this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because you know, Mitch is three and zero as a starter this this season. Foles is two and five. The Bears have a four game losing streak uh, without Mitch, and, and and obviously Mitch is flawed. We know he's flawed, but but how much is the uh, his flaws because of bad play calling and a god awful offensive line? Yeah, I guess we shall find out tonight. Tonight, uh, tonight we'll be we'll be telling one way or another. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So the Bears uh, right now five and five, the eight seed in the NFC. Packers are seven and three. Uh, they're the three seed. This is the 201st meeting between these two uh, story rivals. Packers lead the all-time series 99 to 95 in six ties. To me, Terry, or Flip, if you remember back to the 1989 uh, Mikowski game. Do you remember yes, that I game? do. He was definitely – he was over, over the, the line, line for sure. Yeah, it just says uh, – uh, what's the guy's name? The Big Lebowski. Over the line. He was definitely. <laughs> he definitely over the line. was. That's bullshit. You know, but I was trying to remember back to you know what what the um, you know when did this rivalry really take a turn? Because back in the eighties, you know, the Bears dominated the Packers and they had Forrest Gregg and always terrible Packers team. And I went back to that game. You know, I was and I was thinking like you know I think it was the nineteen eighty nine Mikowski game, and then they got far you know not too far after. And since that game, the Bears, uh, the Packers lead the series 42 to 19. And in the 2010 so far, the Packers have a 17 and four record against the Bears. And it really hasn't been no, a rivalry. It's, and it's, 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 it's sad to it's see. It's pretty embarrassing, like you said, after, after the 80s and the way in which the Bears manhandled the Packers back then. Uh, they were just a terrible franchise back in the 80s um my hatred for the packers started up in 1986 i think you recall the uh charles martin dirty hit on jim mcmahon i believe it was week 12 or 13 i think the bears were in first place obviously the packers were dead last and charles martin had this hit list on his towel with number nine number 34 um i believe hilgenberg was on there maybe galt and gentry i think he had four or five players on there but uh, McMahon threw a pick about two or three seconds after the throwing the pick. And he was sort of walking off the field. Charles Martin came behind him, grabbed him, pinned his right arm down, and slammed him down on his right shoulder. And that was it for McMahon yep. for the rest of the season. And ever since that play, um, and I was only, geez, eight years old or so, just <laughs> I've had yep. just a burning hatred for this. Packers organization ever since and it's been really frustrating as a fan of the Bears to see the way this rivalry has gone the last 30 years yeah and and you know our going to Carthage together and our freshman year 
You know, so if anybody ever wants to see where the Bears-Packers rivalry is, it's not in Chicago. It's not in Green Bay. It's in Kenosha. It's at the border. You go to the broad stop. You go to Uncle Mike's. You go, you know, Ron's place. You go to one of these spots there. And, you know, so when we were freshmen at Carthage, that was when the Packers won their Super Bowl with Favre. And, you know, so that was a that that even intensified it even more for me. Yeah, this is sort of the the epicenter here. Like you said, it's kind of halfway in between Chicago and Green Bay. Um, just today I was out at Menards in Kenosha and you could see, you know, half the people in their bear stuff, half the people in their Packers stuff, just kind of giving each other dirty looks <laughs> throughout the store. So it's pretty intense up here. Um, I, it just seems like a different feel this week, though. I don't know if a lot of it is kind of tamped down by the by the virus or whatever it is, or just the fact that the bears aren't really playing up to their potential at this point, people don't really think it'll be a game. Um, but it just feels a little bit weird this year. Well, and that's been the case, you know, the, the, the Packer fans, the friends that we have, you know, in the last, uh, well, I, you know, obviously the bears had lovey. It was a little different, but since then it's basically been the Packers Vikings has been their top rival. And they, they didn't see the Bears as, you know, it's like uh, probably how we, how we view the Lions. It's probably how they view us now, unfortunately. Yeah, you, know, you can't uh, you can't blame them for that. I mean, when you when you consistently walk over a team like they have, it's hard to consider yep. consider us a rival. So let's, yeah, so you, let's try to turn it around. It starts with one game. Yeah. Yep, yeah. So the Packers are eight and a half Um and, you know, I, I wanted to look at uh, two different players, or actually four different players. And the rushing leaders for the Bears, uh, David Montgomery and Aaron Jones for the Packers. So Montgomery has 18 more Jones this year, and he has uh, 60 yards less, and he has five less touchdowns. Montgomery has one touchdown, and Jones has six. And then we have A-Rob, and we have Adams. Adams has five more catches than A-Rob, but he has almost 100 more yards and seven more touchdowns. And this just shows how, you know, non-efficient and how just dismal with no playmaking abilities on our offense and, and how the Packers really have that big play potential. Yeah, they do. And, you know, Aaron Jones is a guy that can be explosive in the run game and in the in the passing game as well. Um, and it just seems like those two players feed off of each other. You know, they'll, they'll set up that pass with, with some decent running. Um and then vice versa, too. They, they start throwing that back shoulder or those slants that seem to be completed every single time by Rodgers to, to Adams. Um, and then they can sneak the run back in there and, you know, maybe hit Jones in the flat and he turns it upfield for 25, 30 yards. Um, just two very explosive playmakers for them. So something that, yep. that uh, I- the Bears are lacking at this point when you don't have a quarterback that can consistently – get the ball out and get it into their playmakers hands. Yeah. And I think, you know, for this game and for the rest of the season, Mitch is definitely a better option. He can, he can avoid the rush. He, he is at, he's athletic. He's not the statue of the Foles is back there. Foles is probably a smarter quarterback, obviously a, a better leader, but you know, it's, it definitely shows that it seems that Trubisky has um, taken the demotion uh, to heart and let's see if he's learned anything from this. Definitely. Yeah, it's poor off the line. Yeah, and it, it seems like the Bears are getting you know as healthy as they probably can be on the offensive line this week, um, especially with an extra week off. Uh, and like you said, it seems like Trubisky took that demotion well. He said he was kind of shocked at first, but 
then he sort of accepted his role working as a scout team quarterback and he said he said he was working on throws that he normally wouldn't as a starter which was kind of interesting but um you know going against his own defense which is one of the, the best in the league you know i'm hoping that maybe it kind of jogged a few things loose for him and maybe gave him some some confidence that he otherwise wouldn't have had um and hopefully it'll be a good thing for him because he truly is playing for his next contract as a as a pro he doesn't have any more years guaranteed in chicago um so if he doesn't perform here i mean he's looking for uh you know maybe a number three quarterback kind of deal next year if he can prove from here on out that you know take the team under his wings and and show what he can do you know throwing and and using his legs like like you see a lot of the other young quarterbacks in the league doing if he can prove that he can be that multi-dimensional quarterback down the stretch here he might set himself up well for a contract either in Chicago or elsewhere yeah and I think with Foles's failure so far you know, as the Bears uh, quarterback and being the, the the quarterback that Nagy chose, it really is an indictment on Nagy. And people might look at Mitch a little bit differently because he obviously was not with the quarterback or office of guru that we were sold of Nagy being. So maybe, you know, a better situation for, for Mitch. And if he can show, like you said, maybe be a Josh Allen type of quarterback that he might have another chance. So he's got a lot to play. Yeah. For. And I think, C- he's got I think CZ alluded to this last week. Um, this will really be a tell on Nagy here. So, you know, if he, if he comes back and Mitch actually makes this offense look like a mediocre offense, which is all we need this team, to this offense to be with the type of defense we have, if he can make this offense look mediocre, then it's a direct indictment on, on Nagy. So. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the Bears defense, so overall Bears are 10th in the uh, in overall yards, overall defense this year. A lot better defense than, than that um, number shows, but when you have no offense, eventually the bear, the defense is going to wear down. They are six in points per game allowed. Um, the Bears' offense is second to last in points scored and last by 10 yards in rushing. Very important for today. Uh, Akeem Hicks is questionable. Still, uh, Flip, have you heard? Has it been announced if he's going to play or not? I've heard it's a game-time decision, and he definitely Same he's thing. the key to this game on the defensive side. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, you know, if the, if the Bears can come out and stop the run like they've consistently done with some of the top runners in the league and force the Packers to be one-dimensional, you know, and let their corners make plays, I think they they have pretty good chance from the defensive side. Um, without Hicks, it's it's going to be a, a crapshoot up front there with with Urban and, and some other guys trying to trying to fill his hole there. Um, so that that is a huge, huge piece coming into this game. Yeah, we saw that last year when he got hurt in London and how our defense basically imploded in the, in the middle. And even last week, you know, we needed we it had some key stops and, and we just couldn't stop the run. Uh, the other guy in defense who really needs to start earning his paycheck is Robert Quinn. He has the, the first sack uh, in game, you know, sack in game one and has been, you know, invisible the rest of the uh, rest of the year. And, um, you know, Max's been playing pretty, pretty well. His numbers aren't showing how good he's been playing, probably. Uh, but it, you know, we definitely need Quinn to step up so Mac can, can, um, can flourish here a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I think Quinn's sack, his lone sack, came on his first play as a bear, and he hasn't had squat since. 
Um, yeah. but, but for me, I'm hoping that, that, uh, Khalil Mack can sort of go back to his, his first game as a bear versus the Packers. I believe it was on a Monday night, but you know, he's still in prime time here against the Packers at Lambeau. Uh, he had an unbelievable game, even though the bears wound up losing, but he oh. just had a, a tremendous game with, um, you know, a couple of forced fumbles. I think he had a, a pick six if I if I'm not mistaken, but he just had a monster game. So I'm hoping that he he can generate that same kind of pressure and make some things happen. Yeah, we'll get a couple of memorable Bears-Packers games, but that one is another memorable one in a bad way. We're winning 20 to nothing. Mac is just a beast. I mean, we're... I believe how unbelievable he's playing, and the Bears end up losing that game. I was just like, you know, I think we lost yeah. 21 to 20. Uh, and that was the game that I believe – Deshaun Kaiser came in for the Packers and it, it looked like Rodgers was going to be out, you know, and then he came back after half um, and took back over for the Packers and, and just kind of willed them back to, to victory. And that was the game, you know, he did his post game press conference and it almost sounded like he was high on some sort of uh, medication that they might have <laughs> given him at halftime. Uh, but Fine. just a weird, weird game. Um, but obviously they, they went on and did pretty well until the double doink that season. So if we can get back in that position, man, I'll, I'll be flying high. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, let's see Nagy have a little bit of his old swagger. Let's, let's put, uh, let's put some weird guy in the backfield and let's get, let's give him a rush. Let's do something. You know, he, he had such fun that first year and then last year, I'm not really sure what happened. And this year he's been a, just a disaster. So maybe if he gets back to being, having a little bit of fun, Maybe it'll it'll help him loosen up a little bit. Yeah, at least go go back to being unpredictable as a play caller um, by throwing yeah. those weird plays in there. I'm I'm fine with it, even if they gain a yard or two or even lose four or five. I don't I don't care, but just throw a couple of those weird plays in there to keep them on their toes. Absolutely. All right. So speaking of these, we we're talking about you know, our stories this week and talking about some Bears games. So Flipka and I have been to. Uh, two very memorable Bears-Packers games. Uh, Fufka, you want to talk about the Cutler game or the NFC title game? Oh, boy. let's. I'll, I'll take the NFC title game. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, so I'll talk about the Cutler game. So this is 2009. Uh, Cutler's first game as a Bear. We meet up in Kenosha. We, we go to the uh, broad stop, and we take a uh, uh, up to up to Lambeau Field. And we're out there, and we have a unit uh, right out Brett Favre Avenue. They renamed it Trader Drive because that was he had just left to go to the Jets, and um, so they renamed it Trader <laughs> Trader. And so we're there, and we're all excited. And and for some reason, I, I thought the Packers were going to uh, greatly uh, regret the decision to, to you know bring in Aaron Rodgers as a starter. So every every five seconds, I'm 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 yelling, "Welcome to quarterback hell, Green Bay," thinking that uh, the Bears have the answer in Cutler. And that uh, the Packers are going to, you know, go down into the Bears, the Bears ways with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm screaming, welcome to quarterback hell. Welcome to quarterback hell. Little did I know the Bears were still going to be in quarterback hell. Cutler throws five interceptions that game. And uh, Brian Urlacher breaks his wrist in the, I think, the first quarter. is out for the season. And on the way out, I take that Cutler jersey off and throw it in the garbage. Oh, on the way out. And, uh, so that was that first game. And. I've kind of summed up his whole career with the Bears. 
yeah, that that was not a, a good way to start. That was not a good first impression there. And uh, to make it worse for us, that charter bus that we took was actually like a prison transport bus. Um, and on the way home, <laughs> it took us about six hours to get from Green Bay back to uh, to Kenosha. And it was just an absolute disaster. I think four of us came down with pink eye from something that was on that bus. It was just a, just a disgusting day all around. Just terrible. Yep, yep. That oh, that's that's that sums it up. Well, why don't you tell us about the NFC title game there, Flipka? Yeah, I mean the NFC title game. This was uh, this was Bears at home versus the Packers um, to to claim the uh, George S. Hallis NFC Champion Trophy at Soldier Field in 2010. I mean, this was, I mean, how you can't get any bigger than that, right? It, just setting the stage between two. Longtime rivals, um, you know, you, you get going in that game. I believe Green Bay was up fourteen to nothing, and and Cutler had thrown a, a couple of picks, and all of a sudden he's on the sideline riding a a bike, a stationary bike with a, some sort of an injury, and it was, I believe, Todd Collins took over, and he was just. It looked like he hadn't prepared for football in two months. I mean, he threw. I think it was like zero for four. And just didn't even look interested. And then in comes Caleb Haney, and he sort of starts rallying the team a little bit. Um, you know, I believe he he pulled the Bears within seven, um, and then threw a pass right into B.J. Raji's belly button. I remember him sort of leaking out into the flat and taking one right in the belly and waltzing in for a touchdown. Um, but but down the stretch, he, you know, he let another two minute drive and. And uh, came up just short. I think it was fourth and five and threw a pick. I think he might have been going for uh, Earl Bennett or something. I don't know. I can't even remember. It's kind of hazy. But, yep. but they, you know, they would have yeah, would have pulled even at that point. Um, but ended up losing by seven that game. And it was just so demoralizing to have the Packers come into Soldier Field that year and reclaim the George Hallis trophy on our turf. I'll, I'll never forget how painful that was. And, you know, to highlight it, you know, it was probably 20 degrees out and maybe negative 10 with the wind chill and dropped my brand new iPhone and cracked it in the stands and just terrible all around walking off the field, going back through the tunnel to the parking lot, just having that sense of rage and seeing this Packer fan with this light up hat that was just taunting everybody, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me on the way out, ripped the hat off his head, slammed it down to the ground, stomped on it a little bit and uh, was temporarily detained by the Chicago police department. <laughs> um, but fortunately for me, no, no charges were, were ever brought. I was detained for maybe 10, 15 seconds. And uh, then I was released back into the, uh, overflow crowd getting back to the parking lot but just just a terrible terrible way to end a season that was uh, memorable yeah, on, on you, the you, uh not so good end of the spectrum but you know Flipka, the, what i will say is is that when you ripped that 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 head off that guy's head all the bears fans cheered for you it was really i mean it was that had to be worth it just for that for that cheer yeah that, that, that was that was worth it um but it was yeah. just a just a painful day it was painful, you know. The, the play from that game that I remember vividly is is you know Urlacher getting that pick. I'm like, you know, going the the Packers are going in, and I think he picked it off at the five yard line. 
and the only guy out in front of him was Aaron Rodgers. You have this, you have this all-time athlete playing middle linebacker, and and Aaron Rodgers yep. tackled him. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. you know, just, oh, just, just terrible. Just yeah, and I think the Bears held Rodgers yeah. in check pretty much all that game. I think he threw two picks. Um, yep. Classic yep. Lovey Smith, you know, bend yep. don't break. It was it was great, you know. It was great. Uh, on, on the on the um on the positive spectrum, you know, I wanted to mention you know, when Pat and this isn't positive, but when when sweetness passed away and uh Dan Hampton got up there at, at his memorial at Soldier Field and and uh it was right before the Bears played the Packers, and the Bears had a terrible team that year, um, as they usually do. And uh, you know, Dan Hampton Dan Hampton said, "You guys go up there. You guys kick their ass," and, and we're like, and it was it was so motivating. Listen to his speech, and and the um, Packers you know, set up for a game winning field goal. I think it was maybe a thirty five yard field just goal. Just a chip nothing, shot. Nothing to write home about. Yeah, and Brian Robinson somehow jumped higher than he's ever jumped in his life and blocked that kick, and the Bears the Bears won that game. And seeing the dejection on the Packers' face and the Packers fans' face was was just wonderful and, and, and uh, winning that game for sweetness. So that, that was, that's a game that's going to stand out to me on a positive. The sweetness lifted up Brian Robinson that game, and he got the hand on that ball, and that was so unexpected for that to happen, but so, so fitting, you know, given, given what the, the team and the organization and the Peyton family had just gone through. So, yeah, and the whole city and everybody. Yeah, yep. it was great. So, uh, well, hopefully tonight the Bears will make uh, – We'll make a, a new memory for us, and, and maybe this will be the, uh, the coming out of Mitch Trubisky. We'll see what happens. Uh, before we get into our Brewery of the Week, we want to mention our sponsor, Augustino's Rock and Roll Deli in Carroll Stream and West Chicago. As we like to refer to them as Augie's Deli. Stop in for their Italian beef or combo, uh, and then their cold cut sandwiches, their Italian sub, and their American sub. And make sure you get extra hot jardinera. Cliff, are you a fan of Jardineras? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm more of the uh, mild Jardinera. I like the flavor, but not the intenseness of the heat, if that makes any yep. sense. It makes sense, unfortunately. I, I tried to, I, I, I put a, about a half a jar on one, one six inch sandwich, just trying to basically, you know, uh, torture myself because the flavor is still there. And, and then the, the sweat comes and it just adds to the experience. And I always wish later on that I would just have had a quarter bottle maybe not a half a bottle yeah of no, I've, I've experienced you with putting jardinera on everything from pizza to hot dogs to bratwurst to beef sandwiches the way you you so eloquently eat those with you know one hand and then you have the guide finger from your from your opposite <laughs> hand sort of sort of guiding the uh tube steak into your mouth with all the uh, hot jardinera it's really something to behold <laughs> the guy the guy the guy's finger. That is funny. You know, I always thought is that somebody lands at O'Hare Airport. You know, they come here from L.A. and and they're they're listening to six seventy to the score on on the Kennedy driving downtown. And the old days, they had Mike North on the score, and they had Marconi Jardinera <laughs> as their uh, advertisement. And and North had this one thing. Put he it said, on a shoe. You can put jar- You can put anything. You put it on your shoe. <laughs> the Jardinera on the shoe. So yes, it's very important when you are eating the sandwich with the Jardinera that you had the guide finger. So that you you don't end up spilling the jardinera on yeah, your shoe. You, That's very important. Yeah, that 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 is something that you can't unsee once it happens, and you remember it forever. Yep. And then it's a lesson to be learned. You, you go out and incorporate it yourself. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, 
They're Augustinos, Rock and Roll Deli, Carol Stream. This week's Brewery of the Week is Goose Island Brewery, one of the original, if not the original, craft beer breweries in Chicago. And in particular, today we're going to discuss the Bourbon County Stout uh, Black Friday release. This is the 10th year of the Black Friday uh, Bourbon County Stout re- release. This year, Bourbon, Goose Island released seven different Bourbon County varietals, including obviously their original flagship, which is aged for one year, and bourbon barrels that is between four and five year uh, aged bourbons. Uh, some of the varieties this year include uh, the one I had last night, very good, the number brand number four stout, which also included Intelligentsia coffee and Bissell syrup. Uh, they have another one called Carmella, so that's with a, um, a caramel-type flavor. Uh, Proprietors, which is a Spumoni flavor. They've also done this year a Fog Stout, which includes, it's like a London Fog Tea, Earl Grey and Black, uh, Earl Grey and Black Tea. Haven't uh, had that one as of yet and have not seen that one. Uh, the two that I find the most interesting are the Anniversary Bourbon County Stout. This one is actually... Um, aged two years in Weller bourbon, uh, 12-year-old barrels. And so this is a special, um, a special stop because Weller is very, um, is very tough to get as well. So having a 12-year Weller uh, aged Bourbon County Stout, you know, really makes a, a great anniversary beer for Bourbon County. Uh, and then the, uh, they also have what they call the Birthday Bourbon County Stout. And this is partnering with Old Forester brand. And Old Forester every year has a limited uh, release of their bourbon, and it's released for the founder, uh, George Garvin Browns, uh, on his birthday. So they have aged uh, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout uh, in these, you know, for their um, for their uh, birthday bourbon county stout. So every year on Black Friday, you're out shopping, or if your significant other is out, stop into your Binnies or Woodman's up there in uh, Kenosha, where Flipka is at, and pick up some uh, Bourbon County Stout. You know, you can definitely find the uh, the traditional one pretty easily now. That one's, you know, you, you can find it even at Costco. But the specialized ones, the other six that we've mentioned, those, if you can get your hands on those, those are the ones that are in high demand. Uh, and typically, you can age these up to, I believe, five years. So they age right in a bottle. Let's make sure you keep them in a, uh, a dark, cool place. You don't want them sitting in in sunlight, but they can sit straight up and that lets the sedimentation stay to the bottom. And uh, much of why I want to rotate it, but it's, it's a great, uh, a great beer and a great holiday uh, tradition to look forward to every year. So this week's favorite uh, feature highlighted brewery is Goose Island and their Bourbon County Stout. Yeah. Final score. What do you think of tonight? Uh, tonight is going to be the Cairo Santos game for the bears. Okay. Follow me here. I like it. I have the Packers. 14 and the Bears 15 with the last second field goal by Cairo Santos to win the game. Wow. 15 to yes, 14. Yes, sir. That would be five, five Cairo Santos field goals to two touchdowns for the Packers. All right. So I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to, I'm going to say that the uh, Packers jump out and lead at halftime and that we have Tyler Gray coming into the game. Is because of um, Mitch hurt his ankle, but then Mitch is going to somehow miraculously return from the locker room and lead the Bears back to a twenty-one to twenty victory. 
And in the post game, it's going to sound like Mitch is high on loopies. How's that sound? <laughs> oh, that sounds great, buddy. I'll take a Bears swing. We're going to flip the script on that game. <laughs> We're going to flip Deal. the script on that first Bears Packers game. All right. So we both had the Bears winning with, by a one point victory margin. And, and uh, we'll be back after the game to uh, break it down for you. Go Bears. All right. Go Bears. Take care, Fupka. You too, Walker. We're out.